you're looking at everybody else's bobber. You think this person's doing more, all of these things. When really, if you keep your head down and work at what you're doing, it's a tortoise in the hair. By the end of it, stop looking at other people. You're going to be like, whoa. And everybody else was the one that missed all the work that you were doing. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. Much love. I really hope you guys enjoy today's episode. If you do, then be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, then pay a simple cheap fee. All I ask is that you like the episode and then maybe share it with a friend you think would enjoy it as well. Help continue to grow this podcast and share the words of wisdom from all my guests that join the show with as many people as possible. As always, be sure to grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Let's get into this week's episode. everybody welcome back to yet another episode of the rough next podcast this is a double episode week because i didn't get the episode out in time last week so we have an episode on monday and an episode on thursday but this is episode 58 episode 60 is coming up soon and episode 60 will indeed be a question and answer with me maybe another guest i'm not entirely sure on that yet but feel free to shoot over any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast for that episode to our email at roughnextpodcast at gmail.com those questions can be anything from my favorite color to super deep questions. Doesn't matter to me. Anything is welcome. But joining me today is someone that who has a mullet that I've strived for. Welcome to the Roughnecks podcast, Trevor, a.k.a. Dirty Prescott Kids, a.k.a. DPK. Yeah, thanks for having me, bro. Not a problem. I'm very grateful to be able to get you on. Um, you actually came across my TikTok this summer. That's how I originally found you. I think that's how a lot of people found you. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit in this episode. But every single episode, I start the episodes by allowing the guests to kick it off with the background on themselves. So introduce us to who you are and tell the fans who don't know who you are yet, who you are. Well, all right. Um, Travis uh, from the Dirty Prescott Kids. I'm a hip hop artist, music artist. It's hard to categorize that. I'm from Prescott, Wisconsin, and I am 31 years old. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the hair. A lot of people probably ask you these questions. I had a mullet for a while, my senior year of college, which was last year. And then I ended up just deciding to cut it, which I still do regret cutting it. But the first yeah. thing I got to ask is, what do you do with it? Like, what products do you use? Like, because I'm sure you get asked this a lot. What do you do with it? Well, I do get asked that a lot. I wasn't necessarily prepared for that part of, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it comes with the territory, I guess. But uh, I, I, I guess first and foremost, I always tell people I found that for the hair to be healthy, you use less products. So I really don't use a whole lot. And if I do wash and condition it, which is about once a week, I use a good shampoo and conditioner. Other than that, I don't got no miracle products. Maybe it's just genetics. I don't know. My ma <laughs> has nice hair too. But you also, you competed in the mullet competition, didn't you? I did. Yep. It was uh, quite the ordeal. 
tell us about that because for the people who don't know like what the mullet competition is tell inform them what it is exactly well it's uh it's, it's not that uh it's only been around a couple of years uh kevin started it and it's like uh they got the adults version they got the kids and they got the women's and you compete voting base to get in the the top i don't know i think they go from top 50 top 25 then starts the real voting but it's a voting-based mullet competition. There's some epic mullets across the board. And uh, the all the entry fees are donated to the Veterans Suicide Organization. So it's a good cause. And over the past, uh, this, this past year, we gained a lot of uh, publicity for it because me and Clint were going so hard at each other in the <laughs> last. Uh, he said there was a lot more shares on it this year than there was last year. It's definitely something that has been growing. I've seen it grow each year from the little bit that I've know of, known of it, but it's also, it's something really cool. How did you end up finishing in that competition? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I just want to say, if it was up to me, maybe part of it, you would go voting based, you know, but it's hard to say, you know, this is the top 10 mullets in the country. There's got to be some mullets out there that they don't even have a camera on them, let alone submitted to the internet. So I was in the top 10 voting based, you know, but I heard about it via the last year's competition. I did a podcast with Clint um, and I didn't really think about it until the, you know, the next year when the applications, you had to submit your picture by a certain day. And I was like, it's actually long enough this time. Maybe I can possibly place somewhere in the top 100. I don't know. I just wanted to do it. And, uh, I really got some people to rally behind it. We ended up in the top 25. Didn't see the top 10 coming, but that's when I decided, well, might as well go hard. And we we went pretty hard all the way up to the last day. And then you ended up getting a little bit of money from it as well, I believe. And then that's where the Ray Jin video, I believe in the beginning of that Ray Jin video, you're like, got the money for the mullet competition, yeah. time to party or something along those lines. But yeah. that's what I also want to talk about is the music side of things. How, where did the music, where did your music career essentially start? Like, where did you get your inspiration from? Well, I've always been a music person. My parents raised me on music. My mom was kind of like the Prince, Michael Jackson, John Mellencamp kind of girl. My dad was more classic country. And the, the neighborhood kids were more how I got into hip hop music. I've always been around music. I've always been a music listener. And then I joined percussion, the marching band when I was in sixth grade. So I played the drums all the way up to high school. And that was, I mean, where I kind of started to understand music composition. And so around the time I was a sophomore in college, 20, 21 years old, I started putting out my own music. And it took me a long time to get it out there. That's the thing. It's similar to podcasting in a way with music, like it takes you a while till you get recognition and you grow it takes and you that biggest thing i guess i'll ask you what is the biggest piece of advice that i think you would you think you would give to like a young music artist who's just starting out i like the the only thing i guess that i i don't think i'm at a state yet to give too much advice but i will say that i've crossed a certain echelon now where i could say and that it's just pay most of your attention to the music in the first place because if the people rally behind that and they believe in that then it's only a matter of time but if you do focus on all the superficial things that we see social media you oh this guy's tiktok song blew up how do i get i mean i feel like there's a lot of songs coming out now that don't really have the substance to last the test of time i'm not saying everything i ever made would but 
I feel like if you concentrate on the music, then the rest will fall in place if you have the work ethic to do so. Exactly. And that's one of those things like we thought TikTok's definitely helped, but it, it, uh, you see a lot of almost, I want to call them one hit wonders with TikTok. Yeah. Like they have their one song, but then they don't continue to grow from there. If Because if you don't focus on the music, then you're not going to continue to keep that fan base around essentially. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I pretty much have put out, uh, I got definitely some good music in the pipeline, but I put out just about everything that I got. And then now, you know, it, it's a weird place to be in because I'm getting asked to do a lot of concerts. And so to me, these songs are being heard for the first time from these people. So like, it's all new to them, but to me, it's two years old mm -hmm. as far as most of my album songs. So I, I don't know, like I, I, I go and I do these and then I'm not making music. So I'm kind of a learning where I'm at right now so I can refocus back in on making some music. It's a, the, the, bringing up a point off that. I'm glad you said that you're, you're kind of learning and like you never stop learning. That's with everything yeah. in life. Like you're going to continue, even if you're selling out arenas, you're still going to be learning about your career each and every day. Absolutely. But I want to talk a little bit about the TikTok because you do have a pretty viral TikTok. Where do the ideas for the videos come from? Are those just, that's just you? You just have that creative mind or is it something that you kind of get some inspiration from other things? Well, I mean, it, it, it goes a couple different ways on that one. I always been a creative person. Uh, I got sweet Caroline, my fiance. She's also a creative person. So most of the stuff we do is very top of the dome, impromptu not much thought goes into it and i will say when i look at a lot of tiktok videos there's a lot of recreation like you see something that works for someone else you recreate it i really don't want mine to be that way i'm not saying everything that i've done on there has been completely original but i try to keep it that way and so yeah most of it is just off the cuff i mean i was always doing that on snapchat anyways it was actually a friend of mine that was like dude your snapchat itself would be TikTok worthy. And so I finally agreed to get it. And it was one of the better decisions I've ever made, to be completely honest. How often do you go live on TikTok? Not as much as I should, honestly. The the live aspect really does do good for connecting with your fan base. But I would say I go live on there probably once at best, three, four times a week. If you like, do you edit those videos yourself as well? Yeah. That's you have, that's the thing too, is your videos from what I've seen, like I can come up with these ideas, but when it comes to the editing, I struggle with it. Sometimes your editing is definitely on point for every one of your uh, videos. And I really do. You're one of those people, like you look at from a creator standpoint, you're like, damn, I wish I was like, I wish I could be like that when you can, you just got to put in the effort and the time and like play with it essentially. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I'm, Oh, I wish my brother could hear that. He's a, he's a professional videographer. So he's, he's got all these tricks and stuff that he never teaches me. So when I show him a video I did, he's like, Oh, how'd you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mostly just infinitely curious. That's what I would say when I get on there. It's not like I know what I'm doing, but I'll, if I don't know something, I'll look it up or I, I press buttons until I like what, how something looks. And overall, if you like how it looks, when you put it on there, then it should do all right. You think. 
that's the thing I've talked, we've talked with a lot of people on this podcast and, you know, people were like, yeah, I put out these awesome videos, but they don't do well for some reason sometimes. And he's like, it's the most random videos. Like that video of you and sweet Caroline sitting in the river, that one, for some reason, like it's, it's just the simplest thing just blows up. I agree. I, I stopped. I really did stop trying to at all calculate which one was going to do good. There really is no knowing. The only thing is, is like, I tried to make sure what I'm putting on there couldn't have been done better or something like that. Like, I'm not going to put something that I know doesn't look good because then it's probably not going to do good. So I want to talk a little bit. I asked uh, Carly Rogers this at the beginning of the month, the first episode of this month. And I want to talk about the writing process because I feel like it's different for every artist, but take me through like the whole process from the idea of a song to basically uh releasing the song how does it go for you yeah you know it it changes per uh per song but like for for the most part my uh I, i keep notes in my phone at all times and whether i come up with a concept of a song or a chorus or if i come up with like a melody of something i'll throw a voice memo of it and i keep a collection of that and then every once in a while when i'm feeling the right way I'll sit down with a feeling like this is, you know, this is, you're feeling bad because you know, you you had a breakup or something bad in your life. And I'll sit down with those feelings and I will just start writing. And most of the time I don't have to do much revision on my songs. Like I don't go back and overanalyze every word that I said. I kind of go by the, if that's what I said when I wrote it, then that's what it is. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I, I wish I could get in the mood to do it all the time, but it really does take a certain mood to write certain songs. Exactly. And like, it's one of those two, you don't want to put out a bad song. Like you want to keep your almost reputation in a way up to higher standard. And that's the thing about music is it is how you were feeling that you can feel like when artists, when you listen to a song, you get the feeling of that song. Like your mood can change real quick. If you're listening to this happy go lucky song, and then you got this sad song, all of a sudden your mood might start to shift a little bit, or we skip those songs because we don't want to get in that mood. And it's crazy what music can do. Music is an amazing thing. It is. I listen to it all the time, (laughs) but how long, I know it can probably change, but on average, how long from like idea of a song, I guess from writing a song, does it take you, do you take to release it? Does it change? I know it changes, but on average, like what is it usually for you? Well, most of the time, like, like when I write a song, most of the time, nobody even knows I wrote it till it's done. Like, that's just usually how I operate. Not a lot of people. I don't really have like a big musical circle so there's not even a lot of people to run it by so once i got the thing ironed out writing wise i record all my music myself and then i will basically get a mix down of that i will send it to my other counterpart of the dirty prescott kids tony burton and he will do the mix mastering final touches kind of let me know if there's a part of the song i need to rework and then we'll just start promoting it so we pretty much put out all our own stuff so at, at best, I would say between start to finish, it might take a couple weeks, but like so, some songs just write themselves. Rage In, that, that song was funny to me because I wrote that while driving from North Carolina to West Texas for work. And I just kind of came up with the idea of the song and I had it half written before I got to the the job site in Texas. <laughs> and like that, that was a no brainer for me. I'm not saying that song was the best of songwriting. It's pretty simple. 
I think that that was the first song I ever heard by you. Yeah. And that song, I think a lot of people just appreciate it. And it, you kind of spoke on it. And I was going to talk to you about it. You're also one of the, you're like, you're a union worker, correctly, correct? Yeah, yeah. So you're working, you literally have what you have, you were in the song Country Hustle. You have that country hustle where, you know, you're grinding 24-7 almost, it feels like. Yeah. And I mean, like, like at this present moment, I'm not at a job, but like all the way up until this spring, up until April, I was working, traveling on the road, every piece of musical equipment that I've ever bought, everything that I have music wise is, is bought with union money. I've saved up my money. It's just the things I like to spend my money on, I guess, to further the, the career, you know, but you know, never been to a recording studio, never talked to no record executive. I do not have any financial backing. That's just all clean money, dirty hands right there. And that's something as a person who, you know, I'm a blue collar worker, have been my whole life. I can appreciate that because that right there, we kind of talked about it in last episode where when you work your ass off for the things you get, you are way more appreciative of it than if it's just handed to you. Like, don't get me wrong. It's nice to have things kind of given to us every once in a while you know maybe here's a few hundred bucks to back you but like when you work your ass off for it you appreciate it a hundred times more yeah absolutely it's pretty much uh it's all i've ever known (laughs) and that's that's a good thing too because that like that hard work and dedication will put you a lot further in life than you know i'm not trying to knock anybody but i've had i've been around a lot of people in life who didn't know what it was like to work you know 10 hour days, 12 hour days, yeah. all these big, long not days. And then they get into the real world and they're like, man, this, I'm so tired. And I'm like, man, I've been doing this since I was 16. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to it. You got to work for what you want because nothing in life is guaranteed other than death and taxes. Those are yeah. the only two things that you will be a hundred percent guaranteed. And if you want something, you got to go get it. There's no if, ands or buts about it. That's right. But I want to talk cause you started, you're starting to have concerts now, right? Yeah, I've always been doing concerts. I'm starting to do way more out of state stuff. Like I've never, even though I've been making music for 10 years, my first concert I ever did was about 2013, give or take. Uh, They've always been local. Never got booked to play even one state away. But because of TikTok, we played in Virginia. We played in Iowa, obviously Minnesota. We played in Illinois recently, going to Alabama this coming weekend for um the halloween weekend at bama slam oh yeah you've been promoting that one that one looks like it's going to be a a heck of a concert yeah i'm I'm excited about it the the new breed and jesse howard those guys are sweet they played at the woodtock festival i played at in september where is the favorite your favorite place that you've performed so far (laughs) i i I gotta say it's it's very it's very hard to say, but I, I feel like just that recent one that I did at uh, that Grafton Rally in Illinois, it was by far the best stage setup I've ever played on. And, you know, you play on a, good, a bunch of shitty sound systems for a while, you know when you got a good one. And I came up there, they did not slack at all in that department. Now, the downside to that being, and this is just the bitch of it all, is I got the opener for the opener spot. So you got the best stage of your life, best sound equipment, just all this space to party. 
and essentially nobody can. <laughs> but that's the thing too. You always everybody has to start at the bottom. You got to yeah. work your way up. Like you, like you never, like you were saying, you weren't even going out of state for these concerts, and now you're starting to go out of state, and it's just going to continue to grow. The more you keep pushing it, the more you keep growing as as a musician, it's just going to continue to grow. Yeah, for sure. And I, I was the weirdest thing was, and I I I mentally talked myself through this is you know when people say you got to start at the bottom, my my route was a little different than most people because I spent a lot of time gaining that home base fandom, I guess. So like I was doing shows all around here, Prescott, Wisconsin, out to Hudson, River Falls, Cottage Grove, Minnesota, towards the Twin Cities, Minnesota, stuff like that. And if I do a concert around here, I can get a good ass amount of people to come to it. But as soon as I started branching out, I knew it's not like I got all these people on deck waiting to show up. And most of the places booking me, they weren't these big centralized cities. So most of the time, like, like take Alabama, I'm like, you guys been requesting Alabama. I'm coming down new Brockton, Alabama. They're like, where the fuck is that? <laughs> you know? So like, like I, it's just cause I'm coming to your state. Doesn't mean I'm anywhere near you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, like the last show that I did, you know, there's, you know, maybe 20, 25 people on the first night that came out to watch it and then double that the next night. Maybe they were there because they heard it the first night, whatever. But it's not like a bunch of people are coming yet to see it, but they should. If anybody's listening to this. That's what I like that you said right there is not coming yet. That is a yeah. very important part right there that, that you, I need, I'd like to point out because that just shows like you're going to have that. And that's where a lot of people sometimes get discouraged and give up. Like where you have those, yeah. you only have 20 people that are there to see you. And like, like I remember when I first started my podcast, I only had like 20 listens and like, yeah. that was it. And then all of a sudden you just keep going, you keep pushing. Cause you can't get, if you give up, then you're never going to know what's going to happen there. Now don't get me wrong. There's times where you might have to actually like let it go or reorganize your plan, but you just yeah. have to keep pushing, keep going because eventually it's going to be like your hometown base is going to be all over the, it's going to be a nation of a fan base. Damn right. It's going to be, <laughs> Hey, slowly, but surely it's happening. And I, I really don't think about the numbers that much. Obviously you walk out, you're about to do some real high amp music and there's not a lot of people out there. It is a little bit of an ego check, but that is a good thing to, you know, have a little bit of that. And uh, I will perform if there is 10 people out there, three people, 300 i will perform my songs the same exact way so when we did that illinois show start of the first song there was one kid out there and it was kind of a highlight story of my music career we i said hey what's your name and he's like it's timmy and i was like hey i hope at some point none of your friends believe that you got this concert private but this <laughs> concert is for you brother and like it took us two songs before there was more than just timmy out there so shout out to timmy he was the only person in my audience but that is something that he will remember for the rest of his life. That's the cool thing. Like, oh, that, yeah. and he, like once you blow up even more, that kid's going to be like, yeah, I remember when I got two songs for free, like by yeah. me, just me and him. He's already shooting for us too. Every time I do a live, I see him in there telling people like, oh, I saw him in concert. They were fucking awesome. I'm like, <laughs> see, we done converted him. <laughs> now he's a DPK. 
but there you guys hear if you're first on this podcast if it doesn't matter if there's one person or a hundred thousand people in the stands he will sing his songs the exact same way and definitely your songs definitely like get you ready to get, like get you excited and ready to go that is a hundred percent sure so if you want to if you you need to go check out one of his concerts if he's coming here anywhere near you for sure yeah where do you have more pl- concerts planned like after alabama Right, right now, like the uh, the only tentative one that I have is, uh, I believe it's pretty much already agreed upon. There's a Freedom and Liberty tour coming through Chicago, Illinois, December 11th, which is also Sweet Caroline's birthday, and we were gonna go join that tour and do a little show down there. But I was gonna try to lay off them for a little bit for the winter and hone in on making my second album because that's very important to me. I want to get that out there. When can we expect the second album? If I can ask you that on this podcast, I, I mean, I would, I, I would love to like have an album that I fully approve of coming out by early spring, because like the summertime is like my favorite time, and I will admit I maybe had too much fun this summer when I could have been honing in, but it's hard for me to, I'm not that good at uh, fighting off distractions, so I'm working on that too. But I got, I don't know, I got five or six songs I'm ready to put on there. I want many, it to be about 15. That's what I was about to ask. How many songs do you re- typically want for an album? Is 15 kind of your magic number in a way? I don't know. My last my last album I put out had 13. I kept it at 13 because uh, I made the song, the last song called Reasons Why, and I wanted it to be number 13 because that uh, TV show 13 Reasons Why just came out at the time. <laughs> so I like I, I made the play off the number. So I kept it at 13. But there's also uh, there's some artists that I would like to reach out to and see if I could possibly get some features now that I maybe they will answer my emails now. <laughs> I was going to ask you too, because that's something I do on this podcast. I message people all the freaking time and yeah. I don't get responses a lot of the time. Is that something that you had? That, that's what I had, you know, before TikTok. Hell yeah. <laughs> like there's people that would never have answered me or they'll send me back. So I'm like, you know, hey, I uh, wanted you to listen to this song. Would really hope to get a feature. Just kind of want to know what your price range is. And they'll send me back just like a dollar amount, like two grand. I'm like, it's one way to do it. So what do I do? I just scrap the idea of it being a feature and I take the spot up myself. <laughs> Is there some one person that you can make a song with that like if you had to pick anybody, would you who would you pick? Uh everybody knows it's uh Catfish Billy Yellow Wolf. <laughs> For sure. Like if I, I just feel like we would he's one of my favorite artists. I feel like we would make a banger together. I do get compared to him a lot. Uh, I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. I just, you know, yeah, I think we'd make a good song. Other than that, I think me and Kid Rock would do damage. Oh, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I know that's 100%. that's stretching, but I'm I'm okay with saying things that sound unrealistic to other people. Well, the thing I get it. The thing I like too is you had like almost a realistic one, and then one that it's not out of the question, but it's a mm-hmm. little bit more of a stretch. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. You got to do some serious damage. I feel like for him to even hear who you are. Mm-hmm. Those old timers too that have been in the game a long time. Like, you'll see an interview with them, and someone will ask them, like, "Hey, have you heard of this artist?" And the artist they name is like actually big, and they're like, "Never heard of him." <laughs> so I, I do not expect him to have heard of the Dirty Prescott kids yet. <laughs> there it is again, the yet part. That's very important. That's right. 
but I wanted to ask you this. I meant to ask Carly because it's it's something that every artist has their own favorite songs in a way. What are your top three favorite songs that you've released? I, I, I guess my 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 favorite song right now that I've re- released is Own Team. I just I, I feel the song when I perform it. I really meant the lyrics. The keys is an important song to me. Uh, it was exactly the state of mind I was at when I wrote it. I was sitting in a hotel room working 712s in West Texas, and my fiance and a, a good friend of ours were going to the Keys, and my boss was giving me the runaround as if maybe or maybe he will not let me go. And I just kind of started saying that line in my head. I was like, fuck work, I'm going on to the Keys. And I, <laughs> I made the song not just about specifically going to the Keys, but being able to take a mental vacation every once in a while and appreciate the things that around you, you might only get to go down to your, you know, neighborhood beach, but it is important to get that mental disconnect and, and hone back in. Cause man, I will tell you for all the blue collar workers out there, you get on one of those roles where you're like three months deep working twelves. You don't know where you are, what's going on in your mind. I don't even know if my feelings are real feelings. Like, you're just eating the same shit every day. Barely can get a chance to go to the grocery store, laundry piling up in your hotel room. Like it's not a lot of time to, for self-care. Yeah. And that mental disconnect is very important. That's where like, yeah, it is important. Like those people, you look at all the people who grind, 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 grind. You need that stop for a second. You need that, like that disconnect to like basically come back to reality and understand what's going on in a way. Yeah, I mean, at least I do. I guess I can't speak for everyone, but I know that when I got to the tail end there, I mean, as an iron worker, I even pulled the card, told my boss, I was like, I'm having a really hard time concentrating here lately because I hadn't been home in three months. And I was like, this isn't even safe. I'm thinking about all this other shit. I wasn't in the beginning, but like, I didn't even need the money anymore. Like, because I save up so much working on the road like that. But that's, that song means a lot to me as far, but I always say that my best song I have not made yet. So those are my top two. And then the third one, I'm leaving a question mark. <laughs> I like that. Another one that I wanted to talk to you about is the music video process, because it's interesting because you I'm assuming you do a lot of stuff kind of in-house, like you have your own people doing it, essentially. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm completely okay with that. Like, uh, there, there's going to be, you know, I watch a lot of music videos. So you see these super high production ones. Maybe it wasn't your friend that made it, but you had the budget to get it, whatever it is going back to the whole self-funded thing. You got to use the resources you have or learn them yourself. So first video that I put out was a friend of mine that helped me make it. Second video was a friend that helped me make it. The next two I made myself filming with my cell phone own team and boy meets world and then because of the tiktok thing i met a good a good friend of mine now rocco he is a music photographer and i convinced him to start doing videos so he did the keys video and rage in and he killed both of those so he was the newest member added to like the kind of creative team but he's a damn good one how big is your team currently just uh it varies day to day. My, uh, the team that creates things, I guess, is, is about four. And then uh, as far as like my team in which I consider the Dirty Prescott kids, and that would include all the people that 
inspire the songs that I write and the friends that have uh, I've gone through all these experiences with. It's much more, but you know, band members and stuff, it changes every show. I've done shows with full bands. I've done shows with just me. I recently added Sweet Caroline to the as my DJ. So like, I, it's really just a bunch of friends hammering down on one kind of goal and the, the people that are helping me they're doing it off of very little it's not like i can pay them a bunch we ain't rolling in it like that yet but that's the thing that makes you appreciate those people more too and i feel like it's got to be more fun because you don't have like almost the corporate side of shit that oh, it, almost throws everything yeah, like i've heard so many artists where they go through all these problems with like once they get a record label and stuff and like, not that you don't want a record label, but it's just you run into a lot more issues through that. Yeah, yeah I would like, I don't know, like you look at the Rage In music video, every single person in that video is from my hometown, a good friend of mine. We utilize the local bars uh, to go down and film some stuff. I asked, uh, I, I showed up at my mom's house and she's like, what are you doing? I'm going to get my hair cut. And I was like, oh, no, we got like 24 hours to put, finish this video up. I wanted to get you in it. Cause she's a huge supporter. So we just made her go to the backyard quick, get a little, get She killed it. One take dirty Diane, seven, one, five. She, <laughs> she killed it, but it's all people from my hometown in these videos and stuff. And I'm not saying there won't be a day when I maybe get some more, you know, production value in there, but like, it means a lot more to me when I look back at those, it's like someone looking back at their photo album. Like it, the video was created with friends by friends. So, I mean, that means a lot to me. So I have one question that I, or I have a couple questions that I like to ask all of my guests. One of those questions, and I'm going to base it off your music career. What are the goals of DPK going forward? I, I, I guess the, the only goal that I've ever really had as far as the music was I always just kind of felt like I had something to say from an area of the world that's not that much talked about. And I stood, I stood by that this far. And then once I started to kind of gain my audience, all I care about now is being able to get my message and my music out there to as many people and connect with people the way that I've been able to connect with music. Cause I'm a huge music person. I wouldn't be the person I am without music. So like if I could provide that for other people, even in the slightest, that would could be considered the ultimate music goal right there. I don't got any like real number goals. Like that, that's actually a really good thing. Cause a lot of people can get lost in those numbers. That's, yeah. I, you see it all the time. Like, Oh, I only got this many downloads or whatever. And you get lost it. And then you start to lose track of why you're even doing what you're doing. You have a, yeah. why that is the big thing that we've talked about on this podcast many times is what is your, why, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Because if you don't have a, why then there's no like inspiration behind it. And you're just kind of going through the motions in a way. Yeah. It, it might, it's kind of hard at times to find your why if you will, but it's there. Like, you know why you're doing stuff. Like I, I for me, music has always been very important and it, it's something I cannot shake. Like I, when I first started really ever toying with the idea that maybe it wasn't a good idea for me to be doing, or maybe it was more responsible to just focus all on iron work and all that stuff. That's when I ultimately realized that like, I was never like, I was never doing it for the numbers. Uh, even if a song came out and I was super excited about it and it had 300 streams on it, I considered it a success because somebody listened to it. Somebody liked it. And I don't know. I, 
it's hard to get those numbers mess you up. You start looking at followers and all that. Yeah. Cause we live in that social media world where, Oh, yeah. I only have this many followers. And like this person has that many, like those followers really, yeah, they help like in our sense, like a podcast and a music sense. But at the end of the day, they don't define who you are. It doesn't define yeah. you. That's where a lot of people get lost in that today in the social media world. Don't get me wrong. I love social media just as yeah. much as the next guy. I'm yeah, on me it. Too. I'm a culprit. We're all culprits of being stuck on it, getting in the endless scroll or whatever. But at the end of the day, it doesn't define who you are. So stop worrying so much about it. That's one thing that I've started now that I'm out of college and like, you know, trying to figure things out. It's like I've started to look at like, Social media is not as important as it like it's not a, it shouldn't be a big important part of your life. The important things are should be like your job, your family, your con, like your uh, relationship with your family, your spouse, whatever it is. Keep working on those things because at the end of the day, that's what's going to continue throughout your entire life. Eventually, look at MySpace. Things are going to fade. No, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know when it'll be, but I, I mean, Facebook will be gone. TikTok will eventually fade out. Like things will fade out, but your family your connect like your relationships with people those don't fade out but they can fade out if you get too lost in other things oh yeah yeah i got i gotta i mean you could always improve but I, I keep a pretty rock solid uh relationship with my family and friends i got i got i've always kept a very very high uh precedence on that in my life so they yeah the social media thing can get to you but you know you can also utilize it for exactly what you wanted to do Mm-hmm. And when people like I get a lot of shit from people like laughing about the TikTok thing and I don't necessarily love how it's attached to my name. But here's the deal. It was the it was the only platform that ever launched my stuff past just what it was already doing. You know, like it was great. It, it was pretty much life changing, if you will. I don't want to give TikTok too much credit. I'd rather <laughs> give it to the the people that like regularly watch my videos and comment on them and are downloading my, like those are the people that really made it happen. Not TikTok themselves, but yeah, I got my own, I got my own opinions about them, but you know, I'll, I'll hold back. Oh, I agree. Cause how many times do you get banned from a freaking live, which we won't get into it, yeah. but it happens. I know you talked about it a little bit where you get banned, like you get kicked off live for the dumbest stuff a lot of times. Yeah. And, and I, I know that th- with the, amount of content they have coming through there i realize they can't be perfect but it's like certain problems that exist every single month for so many creators and they're not even doing nothing wrong like i get if you were doing something that was like blatantly against their community guidelines but i'm talking about things that i mean we all know there's people on there that are doing nothing like my last live got taken down for bullying and harassment i was like that's the last thing that I'm doing on here. Like the whole page is about positivity. What do you mean bullying and harassment? Yeah, it's, it's a great app, but it's also got its kinks. There's like every social media that yeah. is out there. It can, that's the thing. TikTok for creators. It is the biggest discovery app there. It is really the only discovery app. Instagram starting to incorporate it with the reels and stuff. But you look at like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, your feed is set to who you follow and mm-hmm. the stuff that you post is only going to the people that follow you TikTok, yeah. you come across a hundred different people every single day yeah like the, the whole the whole thing is just flipped upside down because like when 2018 when i got my uh first album out 
there was this guy, I will say he ended up being pretty shady, but he was trying to give me advice on growing on the social media. And this dude legitimately had me, this is in 2018, following and unfollowing all these people on Instagram. Like just follow, like go click on a post that's somewhat like yours and find all the people that liked it. Follow a hundred of them. If they don't follow you back in a week, delete them. And it was like the most work you'll ever do for like three people that come out of it. Mm -hmm. Just dumb. And I was like, okay, I'd rather do nothing than do this. Yeah. And then the TikTok thing happened and I really didn't feel like I did nothing. I just started putting that the welcome to America one was the first one to pop. I think it had like a hundred thousand views in like the first day. And I, you would have had to take every post I ever made on social media, probably to come up with those numbers all together up to that point. And I was just mind blown. And then my fiance's video popped off of me at the kid's birthday party. I don't know if you remember that one, but that that's when it started running. <laughs> yeah. Your TikTok's definitely a good time. Like you said, your, your profile is all about spreading positivity. Where can people follow you on TikTok? Uh, Dirty Prescott kids. Definitely go follow. You will not regret it. Check out his videos. But another question that I like to ask all my guests, and it's one of my favorite questions to ask them is if you could go back in time and tell 16 year old self one thing, what would it be? Huh? Oh, snap. <laughs> well, the, the, the only, the only real thing that I, 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 very similar person than I was when I was 16, just a little smarter on certain things. And, uh, I put a very high precedence at 16 years old on what everybody thought of me. And it meant a lot to me to maintain that image. And it meant, it, it meant a lot to me, what people thought about me. And I would go out of my way to make sure that it stayed that way. And at the end of the day, 90% of those people really never mattered, mattered to my outcome in the first place. I just put that out there because it's what I was at at the time. You change a lot from 16. So I would just tell myself, don't be dimming your light to make other people feel comfortable. If you feel like you've got something, whether you want to dance, you want to sing, whatever it is, you can go at that and you do not have to worry about people's perception of it because if you feel positive about it or you want to be happy, it's not anybody else that's going to make that happen. And we can get talked out of doing things that we want to do because of other people's reactions to it. Mm -hmm. You know, imagine being a guy, you know, just telling your buddy, you know, you're like, I want to be a background dancer for chicks music videos. You know, you probably have them be like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. If I would have told a friend that and that you might never have done it because you listen to everybody. But you could have also, if you did do, go do that, it could have been the greatest thing in your life. It could have been. That's where, like, that's similar to the slogan of this podcast, which is grab the bull by the horns. And it's like talking about life's hard. Like, you got people, you got circumstances, everything. Like, it's going to knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider. And the bull is life. And we're the bull rider. But at the end of the day, you got to get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. And you're the only person who can do that. No one else can do it for you. People, like, other people do not define your happiness. And at the end of the day, it's all about you. Yes, other people definitely play into your happiness but you can't let certain things ruin your happiness from other people yeah especially those inevitable things that you couldn't have changed if you tried you know like well I, i'm guilty of that letting other people bleed into your day but i i try to work on it every day so that's that's the best you can do 
everybody like no one's perfect at it no one in this world is going to be perfect you just have to continue to like work at it each and every day that's the big thing is continue to work and good things are going to eventually come and it's the whole thing like you keep doing the same thing it's becoming it'll become a habit so if you continue to work on it eventually you're going to see it grow and progress and it'll become more of a habit of all right that doesn't matter so i don't need to worry about that yeah and it's cliche but everything happens for a reason Hey, sometimes the best statements are cliche. You know, I always like the one where one one thing I it's a picture and it's you know it's like one guy digging this hole and it's got a giant pile of dirt upside of it and he's looking over at the guy, but like he's he's the one that's about to hit the diamond. You're looking at everybody else's bobber. You think this person's doing more. All of these things. When really, if you keep your head down and work at what you're doing, it's a tortoise in the hair. By the end of it, stop looking at other people. You're gonna be like, whoa. And everybody else was the one that missed all the work that you were doing. Mm-hmm. They'll try to take it away from you. Don't get me wrong. Like there's people that will tell me like, Oh shit, it must be nice to have a song blow up on TikTok." I was like, yeah, it's nice for like a day, but I've been doing this for a long time and I still am doing it. Like going out, doing shows, promoting myself, coming up with video ideas. Like there's a lot going on right now. And uh, it takes a lot of my time to do that. So I don't expect them to see that much, you know, the, all that work that goes in, but you know what I mean? Like someone will try to take that away from you. Yeah. Everybody, you always have those naysayers, just people that discourage you. And that's what I think a lot of people, and I'm not trying to knock you. I think a lot of people almost think that you just started because that's where you were just found on TikTok. But like, in reality, you've been grinding for years. Yeah. Nothing comes easy. Nothing comes quick. Like it takes a lot of time and patience in a way and that it's hard to keep going especially when you got people that are probably in your ear telling you it's not worth it you shouldn't do this maybe you should just focus on being an iron worker but it now look at you now those people are going oh shit like he actually was like he kept going and now look at him i don't know what they're thinking but all i know is that 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 was in my mind the whole time like i mean i wanted i graduating the iron workers apprenticeship meant a lot to me i worked really hard at it matter of fact I got myself a gold watch when I graduated the apprenticeship because I didn't miss a single day of class the whole apprenticeship. And the only reason I did that was because my grandma passed away at the time when it just started and I never had perfect attendance in my life. So when they said that that was an option, I was like, I'm going to get perfect attendance. So, you know, it meant a lot to graduate that apprenticeship program, but I still wanted to be a musician more. Like I, I can't, I'm not knocking myself for that. I'm just saying that some people would say, well, that's a good job. It's a great job, but I want to do music like that. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Everybody has their calling in a way. And like, we all have that thing that we want to do. Like we, would you rather be an iron worker? And I'm not saying you were miserable, but, or be miserable or go do what you want to love, like what you love and be happy about it. Even if it means less money and less security in a way, but at the end of the day, you want, you need to go do what you like love. Because yeah. you, I mean, how many people in the world today do we hear all the time that talk about, oh, I hate my job and, but they never leave and they yeah. always want to do this, do that, but they never actually do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, it's crazy. Cause I, I think a lot of people are waiting for uh you know, th- like there's going to be some sort of telltale sign like written on the wall that tells you now is the best time to give up on your day job and go for your dreams. There, there never was for me. And nothing said, Hey, this is about to pop off. It was a compound thing. And I finally just said like, Hey, when I'm done with this job, I'm going to finally give this all the effort I possibly can. 
And when I did that, I realized it was the first time since I started music that I had the time to give it all my attention and everything started going from there. So like, you know, it's, it's not as easy to give your dream all of your attention while you're working, but you can plan for the day when you, you know, if you got time off and you can work on your dream, do it. It might be after work. It might be a day off, but if you want it, that's what you got to do. Yeah. And if you wait for a sign, you will never see it. Yeah. I, I, I can honestly say if there was a sign, I fucking missed it. Like <laughs> I, not, nobody told me that there was about to be, and it's not nothing, nothing insanely crazy has happened yet, but as far as what has happened before for me, musically, everything has been crazy over this past year. Like just even the TikTok thing, people listen to the music, Spotify streams have gone up so much uh, doing out, out state shows, selling merch, uh, music video, just all this stuff, the people I've been meeting, it's, it's amazing. And it all happened because of long perseverance. I did not get deterred from all those years with zero streams. Like it was never zero, but it was really bad. Like, I think my best stream song, if you go back to like 2017 was probably like 1700, like on Spotify, 1700 streams on a song. Now rage in on just Spotify alone has 1.4 million yeah. so it you never know you that's why that's why i really wanted you on this month because i have monthly topics on this podcast and this month is hard work and like that just goes to show when you put in the work when you put in that hard work and that you have that determination it's going to lead to good things yeah and i do i do want it for all the kids or all the people that want to start out music just know you will do it for a very long time for free like, or in the negative, like, they're, like I, I feel like everything that you see on the, the internet, it's like, the, you know, these people holding up these bricks of cash and stuff. I'm like, I don't know if that's prop money. I don't know if it, it, what is going on there, but I'm just telling you, it does not start raining out of the sky because you had a viral video. Like it is very, very hard to make even a comparable living off of music. And the people out there that are, are grinding really hard. I think maybe like the American Idol or like those type of things gave people the idea that like someone hears your songs the next day, you're literally picking out which private jet you want. I know it's not that crazy, but it's not that way. Not at all. It's nothing. It, nothing happens that fast. It's that no. that's the, also the whole social media thing. It makes things, it changes our perception on what things are really like. Yeah. And but, I'm well aware that in, in, in one year's time, you know, I've, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I will say that I'm well aware that in one year's time, I might not even be someone that people want to have on their podcast anymore. You know what I mean? That the, there's flash in the pans. I don't think I'm one of them, but it happens and it's, it can be short lived. It's just, you got to want to make music. That's all there is to it. It's not like, Oh, I think I could make music. It's like you either want to, or you don't. Yeah. And that's one of the things too. Like once you get to that point, like you said, in a year, you could be a nobody, but it, that's where a lot of people, they almost get uh, comfortable before they at. You can't get comfortable. Mm -mm. You got to keep going. Like, yeah, you might get these little perks now and here and there. Yeah. You got to keep going because if even the people, like the biggest artists, if they got comfortable and stopped, they'd fall off. They'd Absolutely. disappear. When people stop putting out music, when people stop interacting with fans, all of a sudden there's like, you don't need people forget about them. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got to keep making the stuff that, you know, got you where you are anyways. Like you can't, like I'm not I'm not gonna sit and just bank off the success of Ray Jin. I'll tell you that for free. 
But I think this is a perfect time to lead into my favorite segment of the podcast. It's time for Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday is the point in the episode where I allow the guests to give the Roughnecks listeners a little inspirational bump to set the tone for their week as they listen on Monday morning. So what does DPK have for Motivation Monday on a Thursday? Because this episode will come out on Thursday. You know, the 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 thing that I deal with the most uh, as far as like uh, my my doubtfall or my downfall is self-doubt is is an absolute bitch. You always have this voice in your head telling you that you can and you can't do this. The biggest thing that you can do, if you got something that you want to do, whether it's exercise, music, be a little bit better of a TikTok creator, whatever it is, you got to start. And if you do not start, you can't expect anything to happen. So get your first start. You want to start, you know, your Etsy shop, get that first piece on there. And from there, you will formulate your plan on what you got to do. But if you do not start, do not expect it to happen. And that's pretty much all I can do. That's all I can say about that. That is one of the biggest steps with people when they want to do things is you just have to start. Yeah. Once you start, things will start falling in line, but you have to take that step and start. Yeah. You're like, you sit there and wait for the ride or you can start walking. Like, that's pretty much what I'm saying. (laughs) Like I have a lot of people that like ask me like, Oh man, I want, I'd like to get into something like that. And it's like, when I, first started this music thing i told myself i was like i want to do this and then it was like well what do i need to record music research buy it get the minimal equipment start there learn that once you get good at that buy more connect with people it all happens like there's no like rhyme or reason to how it's going to go down but you got to start and then you will start to learn yeah there's no magic recipe for the way you should do things everybody does things differently and that's the big thing. Like I like you, like you said, buy the minimal equipment. I still have minimal equipment, but each time, each like few months, I buy something else to keep progressing. Like you just got, it, it's going to be small steps, yeah. but those small steps are the important steps. You can't just climb a ladder with these big steps in between. You need those little steps in between in order to get to the top. Yeah. And as far as minimal equipment, uh, just I made my whole first album with an $80 Amazon microphone. So, I mean, like just to put it in perspective for people, if you got something to say, or you want to, you know, like it is not about the money of the equipment, you know, like that, that's not going to make or break your, your stuff. It, it will make it better, but you'll learn that over time. A hundred percent. But with that, I think that's a wrap on episode 58 of this podcast. I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can people follow you on social media and find your music? I got I, all my social media platforms are the same. Dirty Prescott Kids. We got our music on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, pretty much everywhere. But Touch Tunes, Dirty Prescott Kids. Where can people find your merch? Because you also do have some merch. So if they want some merch, where can they find that? Uh, yeah, I do have some merch at DirtyPrescottKids.com. And uh, if you come out and catch one of my shows, which I hope you do, we always got different types of merch there too, more custom items that I don't have available online. If you're not listening to his music, you are missing out. Go check out his music. I'll give you a recommendation. Go listen to Rage In first. Go listen to that one. And he gave his top songs, so go listen to his songs as well. Be sure to follow him on social media. This wraps up the month of October and the topic of hard work. But have a happy Halloween. Don't do anything too dumb. 
especially you don't do anything too dumb <laughs> in Alabama, it could happen but, anytime <laughs> but next month we will discuss the topic of gratitude like i said i have the q a episode coming up for episode 60 shoot me over any questions about anything and everything thank you all for tuning in until next week you know the deal life is hard and it's going to knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider don't let the bull of life walk all over you get up grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life roughnecks out Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then do a couple things for me if you would. Subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Then share this episode with a friend so that we can continue to spread this podcast and share my guest stories and advice. You guys know the deal though. Until next time, be sure to grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.